Way up high in the frigid arctic waters swims what many would consider to be a mythical creature. A unicorn. No, not a white horse with a horn sticking out of its head, but a whale with similar facial characteristics. But what is this horn used for? Fighting? Hunting? Swimming? You'll just have to listen in and find out here on Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about a whale with a rostrum for adventure, but more on that later. <laughs> What's on the rostrum today? <laughs> the, on the rostrum today is a whale. It's a whale of an episode. An, it's uh, An actual whale this na- time. Yeah, a narwhale. I didn't think they were actual whales but they are at first at first i thought it, it wasn't but it's it's uh, closely related to the beluga yeah and if you think about an orca and you think about this and then orca is a porpoise and this is not it's a it's a whale uh but are you ready for would you like to tell us your names for it i've got i've got some names i got some good ones because then because then after that we can really get into the to, to where this belongs well taxonomically so it's it's actually a narwhal but it's also called a narwhale oh really i was joking no, yeah yeah it's there the, you can tack an e right on the end of that and make it a narwhale huh. um but it's also been called the unicorn of the sea for like a thousand years no like more like 500 but still that's a long time um <laughs> and uh this is this is a great one brian our artist uh he he likes to label the uh, the pictures that he he puts together the images. So uh, this one was called Nark Wahlberg, <laughs> or Whaleberg, <laughs> I guess you could say either one. But I loved it. Um, but what I'm going to call it is the dentally daring denizen of the deep, and the naughty narwhal Ninevite. That's a a callback to our first ever yeah, episode. Yeah, the denizen of the deep. Yeah, it's uh, on the Humboldt Squid. Go back and listen to it. It is. A clunker of an episode, but we uh, made it through it. It's one of our most like listened to episodes ever. It, it's a, just because it's the first episode, and that's always how it is. It's a clunker because my dog doesn't stop barking the whole time. So, and we had never done this podcast before. So, very true. But definitely go listen to all of the episodes. So, well, tell me the last one again: the naughty narwhal Ninevite. <laughs> I why the Ninevite We're, thing is that yeah, coming up yeah, later? Yeah, it's coming up later. Don't worry. All right, we'll find out. Okay, let us talk about where this thing belongs taxonomically. Yes, perfect. Uh, and then we'll talk about where this thing belongs in in the world, and then where it belongs in our heart, which is uh, front and center in the in the in the the left uh, arterial chamber. Yes, um, it's a in the kingdom you know, love, and are in kingdom Animalia. Um, it's in the phylum Chordata, which you know means spine because you got one of those. And then it's in the class Mammalia, which means it's got a little bit of hair, a little bit of mammary glands. Usually gives birth to live young, but that's not always a smattering the case. of mammary glands. I'd say maybe a dollop. Yes. A dollop of <laughs> a dollop of Daisy before the cream yeah, yeah. has like been turned into sour. 
Um, and then order artiodactyla, which is, as you know, even toad ungulates. It is. It is the thing I hate most about te- <laughs> this, taxonomy. This order is the worst order <laughs> because it, <laughs> because, it, because it includes it, like what it's it's like uh, pigs and moose and uh, whales all all together and hippos. And it's based on having even toes, which I take umbrage with. But, but I think the f- there's bones in those fins. Yeah, I guess they count as. There's like toes. finger bones in the in in the flippers, right? Yeah, there's finger bones in the flippers, to give the thing flip like a like a kite. Yeah, you know? some rigidity. Yes, and the infra order is Cetacea, which is aquatic mammals, and then family that's Monodontidae, which is two whales, the beluga and the and narwhals, um, and then Monocerus is the species name. No, that you forgot about the genus. The genus is Monodon. Yeah, the Pokemon. <laughs> Monodon means one Don. Actually, it sounds like a Digimon. <laughs> I'd have to say more than it does a. Yeah, it, it does. A di- or a dinosaur. Monodon, m- Monocerus, Monocerus, like rhinoceros, but mono. Yeah, that means one Don, one not rhinoceros. One, <laughs> <laughs> one Don, one love, one not rhinoceros. I mean, I think it really means um, one horn, mono, monoceros. One ring? One horn to rule them all. Yes, more on that later. But since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my personal favorite part of the podcast, the uh, the part of the show where I, Carlos, ask you, Joe, a question, and that same question is the same, that question is the same every time, and that is, what is the name of the collective noun for this animal, it's time for critter groups. You know what? I think if you win this election as to what is the listener's favorite part of the show, critter groups or measure up, vote on your phones November uh, December 3rd, then you have earned yourself a new introduction that doesn't rip off of measure up's introduction first. And then if I win, you have to change your introduction to something that doesn't how, rip how off of measure it, ups uh, how does it rip off because you said where i joe gives just, you, you know, just in know, case like people for, say, it just, sounds well, it's, the it's same our segments it's just in case people forget what our names are all right well those are my terms uh accept them if you will uh give me give me this quiz okay let's do the quiz the best the best quiz uh so what is the name of a group of narwhals i actually there's actually one for narwhals not just whales um and I know you're thinking, it's probably a pod. Um, and you'd be right, but we're going to find a different one. <laughs> so which one of these is also a name for a group of whales or narwhals? Is it A, a point of narwhals? Is it B, a grind of narwhals? Is it C, a spout of narwhals? Or is it D, a canter of narwhals? Canter is something a horse does. Uh, spouts could you know spouts could be a thing. A grind. That's a good one. If you made that up, you deserve uh, kudos for that. I'm going with grind. Final answer. Yes. You are correct. Yes. I. You know why I was thinking that was because they spend a lot of their time, especially in the winter months, in between 
like in in fissures between ice to like come up and breathe, and then they live and hunt under the ice, which is pretty thick. So I'm I'm thinking like there's a lot of like close passage passages in between each other. It's like narrow. The ice grinds together. That's what that's what my reason. Wow, is. I bet you that was not the reasoning for whoever named this. What could it be? I don't. I th- do they chew I the think cut? they just made up a word and and put it put it there. <laughs> you know, like they have vestigial teeth. Maybe they grind them. You know how like a a, a water buffalo is an obstinacy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It uh, oh, silly me trying to <laughs> have a rhyme or reason why they name these things. These things. I think they're called a grind because they when they when they get up against a really tough boss, they have to go back and farm XP. <laughs> Uh okay yeah that makes sense I did it I what this is, is this like three two or three wins out of sixteen hundred <laughs> no we've only been doing this for like I think fifteen or twenty episodes and I bet you by the by the time this show is done I will have gotten it right about a fourth of the time all right we gotta we gotta figure this out <laughs> I gotta put a little thing a little note that says because there right. are. Three completely random, completely like choices. Yes, yes, yes. Are we done? <laughs> yes, you can, can talk, talk about, about the whatever you'd like to talk about. It doesn't have to be about the narwhal. All right, this is the part of the show where I, Joe, present the description to you, the listener, and to Carlos. It's so rude. <laughs> uh, narwhals are mid-sized whales, which means they don't have third-row seating, but they do offer more fuel efficiency and maneuverability than the larger models. Ha. They are closely related to belugas, and they're around the same size. Um, narwhals come in mottled patterns of black, brown, and white, that which means they're basically cookies and cream style. Yum. But yeah. That's why they yeah. were hunted. I like them, like the way they look. They look pretty. They, they, yeah. Me too. They're they're different. They're not like your typical slate gray, for for like whales and porpoises. They start out dark. And get lighter as they age, like a kickball you forgot to bring in all summer. <laughs> Does that add to the salt and pepper look? Yeah. Speaking of summer, narwhals spend theirs off the coasts of Arctic landmasses uh, when the ice recedes. And then in the winter, when the ice returns, they go to deeper waters and live under thick sheets of ice. And they come up through dizziers, like I mentioned before. Nice. Their favorite spot in the world seems to be the Canadian Arctic Archipelago, which is a large mass of land with water. In, you know, Isn't that what an archipelago is? Is that a long I island? A, I think it's a series of islands. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a series of islands, which is what the Arctic is, the Canadian Arctic. Um, since I said something about the animal size, and this is the end of the description, it's time for... Measure Up. Welcome to Measure Up, leading candidate for the best part of the show. A title to be officially determined by you on December 3rd on Twitter or and Facebook. This is the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for you, for me, and the whole family. It's also part... Well, it could be. Just, you know, change your outlook. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio of yourself saying, singing, chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. 
We have no new intros this week, no. so that means I get to play an animal sound, and Carlos will guess what it is. Another quiz for me. Yeah. It's a double quiz. This one's a good one. Here we go. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Is that good for you? Do you need huh. more? It sounded like a, like a kookaburra. I'm gonna go. With it did sound like that. A I'm gonna go with the kookaburra. Final answer? Yes. That is not a kookaburra. That uh. is a toke gecko. A what? A lizard? Yeah. I I've never. I can't even imagine what a lizard would. What kind of sound a lizard would make? It's that. Th- there it is. Would you like to hear a little bit more? Is it gonna say something? It's going to tell you something about car insurance, maybe. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That sounds like a kookaburro. He's sitting, uh, like, in the rafters of a tin roof, so it's really, like, loud and echoey, too. That's crazy. Yeah, I I wonder if he... We got to... Maybe we should do... Cover that gecko. Because I wonder if he mimics the sound of a bird in order to not be disturbed. Interesting. We'll do some more research and get back to you. But in the meantime, let's talk about the length of a whale. Uh, A narwhale, to be precise. They're about, from face to tail, mind you, they're um, 3.9 to 5.5 meters or 13 to 18 feet. It's a puny Uh, whale. But on average, 18 feet is high. On average, males, which are larger than females, are around 3 to 5. 13.5 13.5 feet. Okay. So they're on the small end of that spectrum I just gave you. So let's go by that. 13 and a half. How many narwhals go into the elevation of Mount Odin on Baffin Island in the Arctic Archipelago? Well, that definitely sounds like Scandinavian islands. Oh, here you're going to like the hint then. Here's a hint. Many mountains on the island have Norse names, including Mount Asgard and Mount Thor. Mount Thor. And Mount Asgard is over 6,000 feet. Well, if they named these things according to their significance in Norse mythology, Asgard is more important than the Allfather, because he wasn't always the Allfather. Then he became Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> he is maybe Santa Claus. Yeah, he is maybe Santa Claus. Um, leader of the wild hunt. <laughs> um So Asgard's six thousand feet. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna go ahead and say that um that Odin is is Mount Odin is smaller and that Thor is even smaller than that. So o- Mount Odin's gonna be in, in the middle, um, because it's in the Odin sleep. We're gonna I'm gonna say five thousand feet and Thirteen and a half. Divide it. Divide that uh, by thirteen and a half. Three hundred and seventy. Three hundred seventy narwhals go from the base of this bad boy to the to the tippy top of Mount Odin. That was a resolute answer. It took you no time at all, uh, but it is incorrect. Uh, the correct answer is five hundred and twenty-one. Oh wow! At Mount Odin is the largest mountain. I told you the height of Mount Asgard to throw you off. And you per- just beautifully followed the train of thought I wanted you to. Uh, Mount Odin. <laughs> Mount you, Odin you knew is- that I would assume that Asgard would be a taller mountain than Odin. 
well, when I was reading it, I'm like, why is Mount Asgard smaller than Mount Odin? But Mount uh, uh, Mount Odin is two thousand um, one hundred and forty three meters and seven over seven thousand feet. That would be like having a Mount Zeus that's taller than Mount Olympus. Impossible. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. Let's talk about diving depth. Narwhals are deep divers. Pretty, pretty, like uh, among the deepest mammals to dive. Um, the they're so the, deep. The mammals that dive the deepest. <laughs> they're philosophically deep, and they also oh, dive. Like, could we be in like a simulation, dude? What if my consciousness is the only one that exists? Do you see the colors I see? They uh, go as low as eight hundred meters or two thousand six hundred and twenty feet. There's a lot, a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure down there. Definitely take mental health days. <laughs> How many narwhal uh, dive depths go into the deepest dive depth for a mammal? Did you say 2,600 feet? For a yes. mammal. I'm going to have to say the sperm yeah. whale probably goes the deepest. Um, here's a hint. Ah. You're wrong. Uh, the deepest divers are beaked whales which are extremely rare and not well known. They are extensively hunted for commercial purposes in Japanese waters, which could contribute to why they are rarely seen, in addition to the fact that they dive really deep and they like to live down there. I have a feeling this is going to be one of those trick ones where it's it's like less than one or or like a it's a decimal. Could be. It could be a decimal. Well, that would make it that would make the narwhal. No, no, no. It's a decimal over one, sorry. Oh, okay. Um because I can't, like, if it was twice as deep, 5,000 feet, practically a full mile under the water, that'd be a crazy distance to to dive for something that needs air. <laughs> I don't even know how narwhals get down to 2,000. That's they got to be squished down there. Yeah, but they're they're husky fellows. Um, I'm gonna say 1.3. 1.3 uh, depths of the narwhal. Which would put it about like 3,300 feet. That's my final answer. 1.3. 1.3 is wrong. Uh, again. The correct answer is 3.7 oh my depths. Goodness. That's like, what is that? It was a 7,500 feet? The beaked whales dive 9,816 feet or 2,900 meters. Goodness gracious, that is deep. How do they, what do they hunt with echolocation? Because they're not seeing anything down there. <laughs> I guess. that w- They wouldn't be the first. Uh... Almost two miles under the surface. That's what? That's like, that's nine and a half Empire State Buildings. Yeah, it is. In fact, I saw a chart with nine and a half Empire State that's Buildings bananas. on bananas. Why do that? Go find food somewhere else. <laughs> to get away from the Japanese. I guess, yeah. No wonder they're <laughs> rarely seen. I wonder how long they can hold their breath. Um, not to put too much pressure on the Japanese or blame, because other species, subspecies of this uh, type of whale that is very rare has been hunted like crazy through the 19th and 20th century in the Atlantic. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. For that, would you like to hear some fast facts? Sure thing. Uh, narwhals have no dorsal fin, 
Some people believe some some experts, not just randos, believe this might be because they've adapted to swimming just below the ice, the sea ice. So you don't want your little dorsal fin scraping on the lower part of the ice. Do do whales usually have a dorsal fin? Yeah. Like humpback uh, whales? Yeah, they do. They have, they're like not that? like large like an orcas, but they have one. Huh. They're very small. They they must be vestigial. Like, what could they possibly be de- be doing for that like giant mass? But it's like a they, rudder. But aerodynamics are is the art of subtlety. So who could aqua say? dynamics? That's true. Hi- hydrodynamics That's true. is the word. <laughs> like the beluga, they have jointed vertebrae, just like you, me, dogs, pine martens, and mighty Joe Young. And unlike other whales. I theorize this helps them maneuver in narrow ice channels, but I don't know if that's completely true. Did you just reference Mighty Joe Young? I did a little bit, yeah, because it's a mammal with a spine with joints. <laughs> like like most land mammals. Yeah, you know, the giant gorilla that climbed that one Ferris wheel. <laughs> oh, wow, we're all about the, the deep cut references today. Yes. Uh, narwhal crews roll, um, roll in numbers of 5 to 10. You mean narwhal grinds? That's right. Under normal circumstances, sometimes they'll be in groups as large as 20. Uh, pods may be mixed, or they can contain females with calves, or only adult males, or adult males with uh, new juveniles. Uh, but yeah, that they can be mixed, or they can be specific. Like little clubs. Uh, they eat Arctic fish like polar and Atlantic cod, halibut, cuttlefish, shrimp, and armhook squid. And they rarely, rarely deviate from those food sources, and they're pretty particular. They're almost a specialist when it comes to food, but they're not quite, because they will eat other things if they have to. Um, they are among the deepest marine, or deepest marine mammal diving... It's hard to say that. <laughs> <laughs> they, They're among the deepest diving marine mammals. There we go. That's it. Uh, on record, like I said, um, they can go down to 2,600 feet, but they do this 15 times a day. So it's not something that they only do rarely. They do it all the time. It's um, something I would do rarely. Me, yeah, uh, pretty much never, unless I was in a cool submarine. Even um, then, it's too dark. I want to see things in my submarine. True, you wouldn't be able- well, you could have a little flashlight on. Oh, that's true. Never mind. I'll do it yeah. every day. 15 <laughs> times a day if I have to. Uh, they live up to 50 years. Common causes of death are suffocation when trapped under ice and predation uh, of calves by guess what? Polar bears. No. Inuit. Marine animals. The bullies of the deep. Oh, oh, uh, orcas. Orcas. Yeah, yeah. The bullies of the deep. (laughs) Orcas a little dick. It's crazy that, like, people aren't getting ripped apart by orcas. Because they rip apart everything else. We we try not to swim with them all that much. Unless we're at SeaWorld. I guess we don't, but, like, there's all these, like, you know, there's encounters of people and orcas all the time. But they don't, and, like, there have been attacks, but they're usually not predatory ones. Why do humans taste so bad? We're we're most, I, I imagine most of us are just, like, insignificant morsels compared to an elephant seal i guess but they go after like fur seals and stuff they are big fur seals are are pretty big too that's true and they're like they have 
high fat content. So maybe that's what they're looking for. But they're so much faster. (laughs) They should look at us and be like, that's a meal already done for me. Maybe we are bony in comparison. It's not that great. Some of us. But yeah, that's all I got. You got some some major fact? I do have a major fact. It is time for the tooth of time. (laughs) The tooth of time is actually a mountain I climbed in New Mexico 10 years ago. It was very cool. And it looked like a tooth. But. Interesting. Let's talk about a a very different tooth. So the narwhal, as we mentioned, um, perhaps as we didn't mention, you uh, specifically left that out of the description. Yes, uh, it was very difficult. Its most conspicuous uh, characteristic is its iconic giant horn that sticks out of its head. Kind of. Like, I didn't want. I didn't want people to like prematurely find out that the narwhal has a horn. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what? What is this horn? That's that's the major fact. And what is it used for? So this horn is is makes it look like, well, the unicorn of the sea, which I mentioned earlier and like i said it's been called that for like 600 years in fact medieval europeans thought they were actually unicorn horns when traders from the north would bring them down so they would hunt narwhal cut off their horns and then say like hey look it's a unicorn horn and those gullible medieval europeans would be like give it to me it's magic (laughs) Because <laughs> they really thought they had magic powers and that they could be used to cure diseases and negate all poisons. Interesting. And because of that, they would sell for fortunes, much, much more than their weight in gold. And Queen Elizabeth I, back in the uh, 16th century, was given a horn that was worth 10,000 pounds sterling or $2 million in, two th- in 2007 dollars, which is the price of a small castle in her day. <laughs> and whose day? Uh, Queen Elizabeth's day. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, the first, not this, not this one. I thought her day was a place name. <laughs> I thought I was doing a pun, but I was just asking a legitimate question. <laughs> yeah, her her day is Elizabeth's day. <laughs> it does sound like yeah, the uh, a, you know, you could buy a castle in her day, Netherlands. Yes, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of superstition surrounding this. So, what exactly uh, is this? Obviously, none of those things about magic powers are true. And, in fact, it's not even a horn. What? It's actually an ivory tooth. It's the upper ca- left canine of the narwhal. And it will grow straight out through the whale's upper lip and out in, like, an ice cream swirl shape. And it can get up to 10 feet long. Do you know the difference between a horn and a tooth? Um, horns are made of keratin, right? Yeah. Teeth are bones. They're made of, uh, yeah, yeah. Specifically dentine. Tooth but bones. But ivory is like yeah. a mix of dentine and a bunch of other things. Um, but primarily dentine. Because it's a tooth. And uh, this tusk is hollow. And it can weigh up to 22 pounds. And like... I don't know if you, you missed the part where I said that it grows through its upper lip. This is worse than getting than your wisdom teeth coming in. It's just it's like your mouth is closed and then your tooth just grows directly out through your lip. Pierces it. Sounds fun. Talk about uh, teething. Yeah. But, I mean, ours grow through our gums and that's why babies have a hard time. Yeah, but theirs grow through their gr- gums and then through their lips. So, yeah, 
It's a, it's got it's got a double painful barrier to get through. But this this tusk, which I'll call it from now on because it's not a horn, um, it's mainly present in males. Although fifteen percent of females grow a smaller version of the tusk, and those that have tusks, uh, well, actually no, in all all of uh, narwhals, their their other teeth are vestigial, which means useless, like an appendix or tonsils or Charlie Brown or using your turn signal in South Florida. Charlie Brown is the main character. But yeah, like, have you seen the Christmas special? They really give Charlie Brown the business. I mean, yeah, but is he vestigial about it? He call, they call him... Okay, they don't call him useless, but they call him completely hopeless. Like, all the time in that special. <laughs> He's bullied. Yeah, he is bullied. It's, it's really it's really sad, but... Uh, I, yeah. He's bullied for being depressed. About Christmas. About everything. But he's also, like, diligent about this, this Christmas pageant. And no one else's. They just want to dance to the uh, Peanuts theme song. And so they call him hopeless and useless. Especially when he brings back a, a real tree instead of one of those uh, shiny new pink metal ones. Yeah. Um, but there, that's the that's the Christmas... That's the Charlie Brown Christmas special in a nutshell. Anyway, back to the narwhal. One in every 500 males will have two tusks. This is something I definitely did not know when I started uh, researching this. Um, and only one female has ever been recorded with two tusks. Interesting, because they 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 have two canines in the f- the front of their faces, like a lot of animals do, um, but only the front left one will become a uh, a giant tusk, and then occasionally both of them will become the giant tusk. Um. So, scientists are not one hundred percent sure what these tusks are used for, or why the whales adapted this way, like why. It's, this is a cousin of the beluga whale. Why does the narwhal have this giant tusk and the and the beluga doesn't? They they're the same animal, right? And they live kind of the same places too. So yeah, but you'd be wrong. I mean, they you're right about them living in the same places, but they're not the same animal. <laughs> uh, yeah. the, there are the obvious answers that scientists have thought about, uh, like the tusks being used for ritual combat or sexual selection among females. But while males cross tusks at times which is known as tusking it's not for mating rights or territory as uh, and i'll talk about that in a bit later and females grow tusks as well so it's not necessarily for sexual selection so when i say sexual selection i mean like females are like hey look he's got the longest tusk he's i'm like he's prime mating material uh he's got not as long tusks so we're just gonna leave him alone and let him uh be angry (laughs) <laughs> uh, so that that's not necessarily what happens with the, the narwhal, although they're not 100% sure. And they've also speculated that the tusk is used for hunting. But how? Because, like, you know, you, you have this big tusk coming out of the front of your face, and you, you do it. You spear a fish. And then what? <laughs> you have... <laughs> yeah. No, I, I saw that they use it. I've always thought about this, too. Like, especially with something like... Uh, sailfish and uh, marlins and stuff with like a, a spiky mm-hmm. rostrum sticking out it's like you spear a fish and you're he's you just you have a kebab of rotting you, you, fish. you have you have a dying fish at like very far away from your mouth that you can't get to your mouth with your hands because you don't have any but i imagine they can shake it off maybe that's what the um, flexible spine is for so they can really shimmy and shake it <laughs> shimmy and shake it uh, a drone video in 2016 showed a grind of narwhals smacking fish with their tusks and stunning them before eating them. Which is why 
they're Ninevites. I'm going to let that sink in. <laughs> that is a deep cut. Yeah, yes, yes. Deep cut to the 2004. Almost uh, as deep as Narwhals. Yeah, it's about the, that cut is about two, 2,600 feet deep, um, be, two, 2,600 leagues below the sea with uh, the 2004 VeggieTales rendition of Jonah, where the Ninevites, rather than being um, just dis- despicable sinners, um, they just slap each other with fish. <laughs> uh you know you gotta you gotta clean it up for the kids but they, and so they what they'll do is they'll they'll smack a fish with their tusk and then they'll feed by sucking the fish up into their mouths like a vacuum cleaner since their teeth are useless like i said like charlie brown and but what we do know for sure is that the tusk serves as a sensory organ with millions of nerve endings which probably i imagine makes fish smacking pretty painful you imagine it's like hitting it's like hitting a fish with your own eyeball that's gonna hurt um but it turns out that these these nerve endings collect detailed information about the seawater around it they don't know exactly what kind of information i imagine like temperature and salinity and oxygenation or something like that so they speculate that when males rub tusks rather than fighting for ritual combat they're actually communicating characteristics about the water they just passed through like hey ted i just swam through some choice oxygenated water a few days ago let my crazy elongated tooth give you the deets (laughs) fish heavy (laughs) full of fish yes full of fish and uh, so, yeah, it's, it's crazy that they, they, they're like little, um, oh, what's, what's the name of the device that like checks water? Uh, um, I don't know. We'll call it a litmus test. They have their, their, their uh, dental litmus tests. Um, I imagine it also maybe collects pH. It's like, hey, you know, you, you're going to want to swim in this fissure for a little while because uh, it's good. It's, it'll do you some good. Um... Lastly, there is an Inuit legend that a woman with a spiral hairdo harpooned an untusked narwhal, but the rope was attached to her waist and she was dragged into the sea where she transformed into the first narwhal with a tusk. That's probably likely. That's what happened. And that's all I got. Do you have anything else? Well, that was a, that was an episode and a half. I do not have anything. That was tail tip to horn tip. Good, <laughs> good, good, good. Good all around. <laughs> Um, so for you out there in Podcastia, be gregarious. Don't go into the Arctic waters without a warm coat of blubber. And use your tusks for oceanic communication, not war. Like the narwhal in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Citizens, your podcast needs you. Needs you to vote for your favorite segment on the show Tuesday, December 3rd on Facebook and Twitter. Who will be the victor? Measure Up or Critter Groups? You decide. Exercise your podcasting right to vote and make your podcast proud. You know what to do. Paid for by the Anti-Measure Up Coalition Party Group. My favorite in the world podcast.
<laughs> so uh speaking of summer, narwhals spend their uh spend theirs in the coast of or off the coast of Af- uh the wow, I'm gonna start that sentence over. <laughs> speaking of summer, narwhal narw- <laughs> narwhals spend theirs off the coast of the Arctic, where that doesn't make sense. Who wrote this sentence? <laughs>